Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, everyone, and welcome into Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. I'm joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports on today's episode. We're chatting all things NWSL Week 9. We've got a recap of some really good games to go through. It's funny. Uh, we were just talking about how Week 8 was kind of weird, but now here we are. We're going to talk about Week 9 and all of the really good soccer that we got to see throughout it, and I'm happy to do that with my colleague and co-host, Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm good, Sandra. Happy holiday weekend to you. I hope everyone uh, enjoyed a little barbecue, right? So that's, yeah. that's the thing on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, maybe some fireworks, parades, things like that. Shout out to um, everyone that served and protected our country and continues to serve. Um, I'm good. Happy to be jumping on here to talk about these games with you because there was a lot of good action, um, a number of draws that happened. We're also at the end of the month of May, so we get to talk standings a little bit with everyone. There's a lot of good stuff to dive into today. Um, I'm feeling much better with the allergy situations. If you've been joining us the last couple of days, I've been like in and out, uh, but I'm here. Hopefully no coughing fits today. Knock on wood. Um, excited to be here. And we're going right, right live after the Gotham Washington game, which uh, was dubbed as one of my like top ones of yep. the weekend, as well as San Diego, Portland. We're going to run through all of it with our picks and predictions and see if we were right or wrong. So thanks everyone for joining us live. Um, Sandra, how are you? How was your weekend? I'm doing, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm happy that all of the weather is like cooperating. Um, a lot of times it's like tradition for Memorial day weekend in Chicago for just sort of be like a little bit of a rainy. Oh, completely. Weekend. And that's not the case this, here. Yeah. I it's like that. the first Memorial day weekend. We haven't had like pouring rain. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm like, this is nice, actually. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take what we can get. Um, and I'll take, look, I'll, I'll take all of the excellent goals, all the excellent soccer that we got to witness across week nine. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Make sure that you never miss out on a single time we go live. Let's talk about these games. We got to do some recaps. We got to recall and recollect some of our picks, how we missed, how we landed. We'll go through it all, but we're going to start with the game that's probably most fresh on everyone's mind, which is going to be 
series of draws, actually. Washington Spirit versus New Jersey, New York. Gotham FC, a 1-1 draw. Gotham got to be a little bit disappointed that they're not walking away with all three points here after an incredible match that they just had. But that doesn't mean that they yet got knocked off the standings. They're still exiting week nine at number one. What a game. What a game to close out the weekend um, for our picks. I had this one as a draw, surprisingly. I'm actually shocked I got that right. And then you had it as a Gotham win. Um, and it should okay. have been a Gotham win. This should 100% have been New Jersey, New York, walking away from Audi Field with three points on the night because this game was just all New Jersey, New York, Gotham. They they controlled it from the very beginning. They had really good possession. Um Really good movement. Uh, Bruninha getting the opening goal for Gotham FC in the 23rd minute. Back-to-back games for her with a goal. She's the outside back. And the fact that she finds herself in these positions, in the attacking end, top of the 18, with acres of space around her. No Washington defender stepping at all to her. Um, and that's how the scoring gets going in the, in the opening 25 minutes of this game. It was it was good. I, um, I'm so grateful to have another week in this league where we get to see some more Bruninha brilliance. I loved this goal. And I loved the link up from Taylor Smith. Talk about a player that I don't think people are talking enough about right now. I just feel like she, this is a player who's, who's coming off of a, a good couple of weeks of play here with Gotham. We're, look, there's, there's several players across several rosters that have, kind of found themselves working their way into the season. And mm -hmm. Taylor Smith was one of those players that we didn't see okay. really, really early on for Gotham. But we're starting to see what she can bring to this team and how Gotham can look when she's fit and ready and available for their starting lineup selection. I, I love I thought it was a fantastic opening breakthrough girl. Let's talk about how my pick for this team to win, though fell through we got to talk wow. a little bit about a goal that got you know uh disallowed essentially after a review from var at least i want to hear your opinion yeah, and thoughts on it because you already know that i was bummed out and i was like Ugh, yeah this, a this was for me and my pick this was really rough is the start of the second half around the 55th minute um washington was struggling at this point gotham was putting so much pressure on them and the Spirit were having a really hard time clearing the ball out. So that just allowed for recycling and recycling and recycling for Gotham. And as this ball kind of comes about, it's Jenna Nightswanger, the left back for Gotham, who ends up whipping this cross in, which we saw her do a number of times throughout this game. Fantastic job by her on these crosses. And it's Yasmin Ryan with a diving header. So in good. front of the, the defender, she gets near side. Um, it, it goes in the post. As this goal happened, I screamed on my couch. I was like, ah, yes. It was like such a beautiful goal. Um, Yasmin Ryan had had a couple of opportunities. She's another player. You mentioned Taylor Smith, one that has grown into her role with Gotham and, and kind of found her footing, not just in Gotham, but in the NWSL. We saw moments of it last year with Portland for Ryan, but it's really starting to come together now with Gotham. And in this moment, um, I, I was so shocked when initially the referee went over to check the VAR because they have to check the sequence leading up to the goal. And before this happened, when Washington couldn't clear the ball, there was a moment where um, it looked like the ball hit off of a Gotham player's hand. And as this happened, it, the only goal, the only 
camera angle that we could see was behind the player. Who was it? Um, I forget who actually like got the handball. It's always so. It's whenever we get the well. I say we, us as like those who are viewing it on the stream, we get like these multiple angles and I find myself trying to get like, look at every single yeah. like, four of the VAR screens at once that I almost miss it. But they, there was enough there, which I think was, was the surprising part for me. The point is like this whole idea where it's like, it's gotta be like clear and conclusive and to, to over, you know, to, or overturn what was on the field. And at the no. time it was like, this is a goal. It's a goal. It was a goal. Review. It was a goal scoring opportunity. And it was Sheehan actually, whose arm they think it bounced off of. But the only angle we saw was from her back. And to me, it was not clear and obvious that this was a handball off her. The way that the angle shows, yes, her arm is there, but it also looks like it could just be hitting off her body. And you don't really know depth perception if her arm is in the way or not. Now, around her in the play, there's like four or five Washington players that raise their hands and say, hey, that's a that's a handball. But you can't yeah. always go off what the players are doing. Um, but sometimes when it is four or five of them doing it, it's almost a little bit of a show like telltale like okay this hit her hand if five of them are reacting that way but uh, to me I didn't think it was clear and obvious um, that this happened now a lot of times we as broadcasters of the league sometimes we get pro um, VAR classes and training and I'm sure this one will be talked about and mentioned just to kind of educate the broadcasters a bit more as to why calls are made and why they happen that way the broadcasters can then relay them on the game feed to the listeners so everyone yeah. can be educated. I'm sure this will be one that is talked about in the next VAR meeting. We're all we're all here together. We're all in this together. We're all learning as we go. Um, but tough. I think tough for, for a team um, that has been playing so well that uh, kind of had the better play throughout several stretches of, of this game because we get into this um, second half where you think Gotham's going to run away with it, and that's just a huge mm-hmm momentum switch for Washington spirit because they came out swinging as well in the second half to kind of go ahead and and try to combat against Gotham at this point, try to work them, you know, they're playing from behind and, you know, we're highlighting, you know, players who are doing cool things and we're talking about Gotham and and Taylor Smith and, and um, Bruinha for getting, you know, linking up and getting this goal. But let's talk about how the spirit got this equalizer essentially in this game hatch providing the assist on this one player who goes out for a second. It looked a little scary, nasty little ankle tweak. Hopefully that's all it is. Um, I'm sure we'll get. She looks fine. She looks fine. She's like, give me that tape. Give me out there. Um, But here we are just, just before the 70th minute here. And look, this is a game where I think we got to witness uh, a couple of really good first-year performances, players that we need to continue to talk about and keep in the conversation of those individual awards down the stretch, um, whether it's Jenna Neischwanger for Gotham FC, or in this case, game. Paige Mateer for Washington Spirit. Getting the equalizer in this game, lovely header. Yeah. I, I just off, I, I love a, I love a set-piece play. Yeah, yeah I love the fact piece. that it comes off one of three of Washington spirits corner kicks that they're able to capitalize on that moment. Um, It was a bit against the grain because I think Gotham had a lot of the momentum and a lot of opportunities. I mean, I just dropped that stat three corner kicks for Washington 11 for Gotham and Washington's able to capitalize on that. Um, This was massive for Paige Mater 
Ashley Hatch whips the corner in and Matera is in the midst uh, of the middle of it. A couple other players there and she gets her head on it. We saw a number of header corner kick goals or header goals uh, across the weekend in the NWSL, but this one um, being the equalizer for Washington, a way to split points at home after a rainy, chilly day in Washington, D.C. Maybe maybe a different vibe. We're talking about how we're grateful for the not rainy weather. That wasn't the case in mm-hmm. D.C., but these two teams split the points and land on different uh, spots in the standings. And we'll go over those at the end for everyone in the episode. So, so stay with us till we get to the standings. But we have to talk about one other draw that took place over the course of the weekend. We want to chat about San Diego Wave FC versus Portland Thorns FC. This game also ends in a 1-1 draw. Lisa, when we were talking on the preview, we we were kind of hyping these games up. We were building them up. We sort of felt yeah. like these are the matches that have some potentials to, to show us some things about the current form of these teams. But not only that, but perhaps these could be some playoff previews very, very early on, mm-hmm. um, depending on where things land in the final uh, table towards, towards the uh, playoff push. So this one comes down to the wires again, uh, but each team scoring a goal and some dangerous game situations. And just when you think one team's going to take it all, that's, that's not what ends up ends up happening here in this game. Yeah. Points once more. This match between Portland and San Diego, um, it was, it had moments of excellence, right? There's also moments of a little bit of sloppy play. I'm going to be honest, but it looked like it was going to be a draw until the very end. I was like, this one's going scoreless. You and I both had Portland picking up three points in this game. Um, And, and looking at the stats, like 15 shots for San Diego, 28 shots for Portland. There were so many great moments, big saves from both keepers. I think that's what we talked about in our preview. Fallon Tullis Joyce, or excuse me, Kaylin Sheridan for San Diego and um, Bella Bigsby for Portland Thorns having to be really big in this game and come up with big saves. That's exactly what they did. And I thought this game was just going to kind of coast out an end in a 0-0 draw, but Sophia Jakobsen, the Swedish international in the 86th minute, bullies her way through the Portland Thorns back line. That's what I'm going to say because she stayed on top of the ball, and, and although having multiple defenders around her, Bella Bigsby coming out, making herself big, Jakobsen is able to follow this one through and find the back of the net. And you think, okay, 86th minute. It's been a stalemate this entire time. Really good shots, really good opportunities. Neither team squeaking through. It's only going to come down to one goal, and the wave is the one that has found the back of the net. But leave it up to the rookie, Reina Reyes, out of Alabama, the defender who we're talking about rookies. She's one that definitely deserves a shout for Portland Thorns because she ends up getting on the bird in the 90th minute, a corner kick for Portland Thorns. She finds the back of the net on a header. Uh, to equalize this one at the end of the game. But throughout the entirety of this match, I was very impressed with Raina Reyes and her ability to push forward into the attack, to take chances with the ball at her feet and succeed in those chances. And then defending 1v1, I, I really am just so impressed with the rookie this year. And Raina Reyes is one of those reasons why. Yeah, I thought she had a really good game. I think, look, we're having another season here where rookies are first-year players uh, are really kind of making their stamp um, throughout seasons or, you know, games specifically. But I I love that you said that uh, Sophia Jakob kind of bullied her way through on that 
and there was a waste, but that was not the case. Uh, just, I guess, the veteran experience kicking in, the IQ kicking in and saying, I got to get this. Um, Bixby out of position a little bit and, you know, Jakobs are taking advantage of that. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think just the timing of these goals as well, like you just sort of are looking at the game and the momentum of the, the, the momentum shifts of the game. And you're just like, wow, like the wave just really went out and did that and stole yeah. this one. Cause you're talking, you know, mentioning how maybe some of um, you know, Portland have, are having the better stretches of play in that one. But doesn't really matter if you don't capitalize on your chances. What, the, what does that mean? Um, I do wonder if maybe it came down to some some rotation. I mean, Portland has such a deep bench, right? We saw some different looks yeah. um, in in for different players for by uh, head coach uh, Norris there. But you know, I, I do wonder if if you keep um, you know Moultrie in, you know, versus you know Sinclair. Like, Sinclair. what is that? What does yeah, that yeah. look like? You know, against against the way, but. Uh, maybe champagne problems, right? You've got so I know. many I mean, starting that's, caliber I our, type of players. I think in our preview, we talked about Moultrie and, and uh, we wanted to see her start. I wanted to see her continue Thank to get starts. I think Olivia Moultrie has been a really good breath of fresh air for Portland Thorns and contributing. Um, but yeah, champagne problems to choose between the young Olivia Moultrie and the legend Christine Sinclair. Like those are your choices for midfield. Like, okay, Mike Norris, sleep sleep well at night, sir. Yeah, it's a while to even just like look at the final like stat numbers on this because it's just like we're talking about the champagne problems. It's like shots from total shots for Portland, 28 compared to yeah. 15 from San Diego attempts on target gets a little more even maybe if you're looking at San Diego with five and in Portland with uh with eight but uh, I, it's hard for me to sit here and say like oh a draw feels fair in this one but maybe it, but I would have even been like okay it's going to be scoreless at this point so I, I was a little surprised by the goals coming as uh mm-hmm. as late as they did in in this in this match and you know a lot look I, we'll bring it on the podcast a lot coming out of this match at the end of the game with the um, the goal the strobe light celebrations yep. taking place in in a game like this you know you could see um camera angles and foot and footage of, of Bella Bixby you know feeling the impact of that and uh, lots of folks chatting about it online you know rightfully so looking at it kind of um, from as a player issue on the pitch versus a fan experience issue. It's very interesting to sort of hear that uh, kind of all come to, to the surface. And because it's not just, this isn't the only arena where we've seen that and we've seen it in mm-hmm. other places as well. So I'm curious as to how maybe, you know, that is shapes things moving forward. It was very interesting to sort of see everything, um, you know, online and, and all the, feedback and perspective around it i'm i'm gonna always i'm still gonna try to to pivot towards the player and just sort of hear their perspective and and what that kind of means uh from from then and that's kind of what i'm gonna lean into especially considering all of the last um you know a couple of seasons where there's been a lot of rhetoric around protecting the players and making ensuring player safety and kind of maybe we need to maybe evolve that and pivot that into other areas and what does that mean when people say like oh you should protect the players maybe that means for what's best um you know for for their health on the pitch uh, as well so if it's affecting players maybe that's another conversation that'll be had at the uh, different levels like outside of just pockets of the internet but with players and, and coaches and um, game operations as well just to sort of see what that comes out of so a draw for portland and the wave a draw for gotham and the spirit and we got a real treat and these top tier teams going head to head this week. We've got more games to recap though. So stick with us after a quick break. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. We're back at it. And we are going to chat all about Europa League. Sevilla have conjured magic on the way to a seventh Europa League final where they face UEFA trophy specialist Mourinho and his experienced Roma side in Budapest catch the UEL final this weekend with coverage beginning at 2 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network and streaming on Paramount Plus. I got you there. I got you there. (laughs) We're chatting all things soccer all the time at CBS Sports. Sometimes we talk about Champions League. Sometimes we talk about Europa League. And, uh, you know, if you already watch NWSL on Paramount Plus, you get a chance to watch Europa League and Champions League and everything else. So make sure you turn that in. Let's get back at it. Let's talk about some teams who um, we'll talk about some teams who are on the hunt for some points. Lisa, yeah. I think yeah. when we were I think when we did our preview, we we referenced all of these teams right now that we're going to talk about. We're going to recap Kansas City current versus Houston dash first um when we were talking about these two teams i think this was one of those games where we were like we don't know maybe we want to go lean into the draw for this one because sometimes as you start heading towards that halfway point of a regular season you have teams that are starting to separate themselves a little bit and you've got teams that are still struggling to figure things out and with Houston and the current heading into this match, they were some, you know, bottom half table teams. And um, for the Houston Dash specifically, I know we had some, I don't know if I would call them concerns, but we were mm-hmm. with some curiosities around yeah. um, at this point, like what were what we've seen from the attacking trio in, in Houston versus the kind of output um, that has happened from them to this point. So it's 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 interesting to sort of to note that Ordonez was out for a couple of weeks and we saw Ebony Salmon score. Um Salmon has been rotated. Sanchez has, I think, of the three kind of been the more the most consistent, yeah. Yeah, of, of the trio of them. But um this sort of felt like um a win for Houston that they just kind of wanted to ensure that like they, they wanted to ensure that they can pull off a win themselves. And for Kansas City current, it just absolutely leaves even more questions than you had going in into this week. Honestly, it's like a dagger in the heart to watch Kansas City right now because they're struggling. They're really struggling. Um, They they started the season losing three straight and then they won three. And that 
honestly due to just the coaching shakeup. Um, they got rid of Matt Potter and they brought, they had Caroline Hoblom step into the interim head coach position. And sometimes that shakeup can be really good for a team. And it was for KC. They picked up three straight wins. It looked like, wow, this team is rolling. Then they switched their formation. Um, and Herblum wanting to try different formations with a back line and, and then at home against this Houston side, uh, a team where they picked up their very first win against Houston in the Challenge Cup. Kansas City is back to a five-back. So it's a 5-3-2, which is incredibly defensive, but also really wide when you have those two wingback players. And for Herblum, it was Haley Mace and Izzy Rodriguez being those wingback players that look to really occupy a lot of space in the flanks. And frankly, Maria Sanchez owned the flank. Yep. Not, not the Kansas City players where they were running up and down. Um, Houston is, they got the start with Sanchez or Donia's up top, Ebony Salmon on the bench, and then Michelle Losey also in that front three line. And, and we got to see Cassie Miller in goal for Kansas City. That was a question mark for us heading into it when we did our preview. Were we going to see AD French or Cassie mm-hmm. Miller? Um, but Houston... They started to gain possession. I mean, the dash really grew into this game. On the road in Kansas City at Children's Mercy Park, Houston are are very good away from home. That's something that they have in them as a team. They had it last year. They're carrying it through to this year. They can win on the road. And as this game continued to go on and the minutes tick by, Houston continued to gain possession, especially towards the end of that first half. And that's exactly when their opening goal came in the 42nd minutes on a Ordonez goal. Um, Her first goal of the year, not from the penalty kick spot. Look, but I loved it, though. Mm -hmm. I I know we're kind of like, okay, it's it's week nine. But you know what? In in fairness to Ordonez, it took her a little bit of time to to get going in her rookie year as well. Um, But I loved this goal, man. Oh, my Her positioning – you know, between the defender and this, I'd love it's, you know what it was for me. I'm just going to be real. It was a total F you go. It was just like, you are going to just like, make sure you get this ball in the back of the net. It was like, it I'm was toe poke it and right. get there. No matter what, like I'm fighting too hard for this goal. It is going. It was, in the back it was another net. bullying goal in a good yeah. way. I mean, it was a complete team build up the way that Houston, um, organizationally shifted the ball from one side of the field to the other in such swift movement. Sanchez, um, uh, excuse me, Alozi gets the ball and she's the one that initiates the big switch all the way to Sanchez on the far left side. And then Sanchez is uh, her bread and butter, clipping it in, chipping it right into Ordonez. It's a really cheeky pass into her. And Ordonez uses her body, her physicality. She turns Soto, the defender of Kansas City, um, bullies her way into the box a little bit like Sophia Jakobsen turns her and and just buries this one in the back of the net. It was a really good goal for Ordonez to get. I think that's a big confidence booster for her, for Houston moving forward. Maybe maybe something to, to look at as, as Kansas City is at this point, it's like, okay, they're down a goal and they're playing from behind officially right so maybe the timing of these goals is something that stood out for me you got our donias mm-hmm. with this bully goal right that we were referring to just before halftime and then we've got prysac and or didasco linking up with prysac for the essentially the go-ahead goal to make this game 2-0 and this one occurs just about you know 10 minutes into the second half so it's like there's not a lot of time here um that or there wasn't a lot of time that we saw, at least from Kansas City, to sort of see any adjustments that they made kind of stick. I mean, we saw um, 
a sub an early substitution into the half, um, Michelle Cooper and Kaiser. So we get to see a little, maybe a little bit of adjustment. Is it like okay, maybe there, there's going to be some more uh, uh, kind of attacking minded play here uh, to try to get some different looks? But there's just not enough time to even see if that sticks because here comes here come the dash and the 54th minute, and then they get this second goal, and then it just was like a just some just um just not lack. I don't want to say lack of I. Uh, effort because that's not what it is but it almost just sort of felt like lack of ideas uh-huh. um for for kansas city to try to really turn this corner against the dash at home of all places you know you're the host in this one good crowd good energy you know lisa when we previewed this game we talked a little bit about obviously the struggles that this team has gone through over the their last now nine weeks and when we were in the previews, we were talking about the struggles during the last eight weeks. And w- we noted that some of the reporting out of training camps and how um, Kwabalan was like, I want to see more effort mm-hmm. you know, from the team. And we talked about like, is that something, is that like a like, motivating how do you tactic? Feel as a player, if your coach is like, I need more effort from you. You know, it's like, oh, we want to be attacking. We want to do this, but we need to see this. And it's like, how are, how is the team going to respond to that? And I don't know if that actually um, rolled over into a performance, a motivating performance, essentially, in, in yeah. this game. And then that's, again, it's like you're at home. So maybe it's like you're not on the road. You're not, Maybe you're looking for other things to motivate you. This was not one of those yeah, things. And, and I think in terms of like, I kind of understand where Quablum's coming from because yeah. Houston gets their second goal in the 54th minute, a corner kick. Ali Prysock, who's actually back for Houston playing, she started in the center back role, um, She's on the back post of the corner kick and heads it back in. Um, this is what I mean. We had a lot of those types of goals, crosses, corner kicks, back post yep. headers this weekend. And that's how Ali Prysock gets the go-ahead, uh, the double to double the lead for Houston over Kansas City. And at that moment, Kansas City looked shocked. They looked depleted. They looked like head in hands, we can't do this. It, it silenced Kansas City yeah. a, a little bit, which is probably where – Caroline Twablum's coming from, or she needs them to not focus so much on the score line and focus on how well the other team is doing, but what her own team and players can do well and try to get one back. They're missing that like spicy kick that they had last year as this like underdog mentality. They don't have as much swagger this year. Um, Kansas City, that is. And we did get to see Kristen Hamilton step into the match for a couple more minutes. She's slowly building up her minutes. We got about 30 out of her. I'm hoping that that continues to grow. Yeah. Um, the silver linings portion of it all, right? Right. Also something that we referenced last week. We were curious if we were going to see um, those minutes increase this weekend. And we did. We did get to see that from Kristen Hamilton. And I'm, I'm sure – a lot of folks at this point are like, just just wait till we get some of these players back and watch out. And yeah, I get that. Um, but Dabinia's been back. Dabinia's yeah. been playing with this team. She, you know, Vanessa Di Bernardo has has been on the pitch. You know, these are two of your big three free agent signings, you know. And now we've got an, another week of, of Kristen, Kristen Hamilton um, you know, getting back in, in into the mix and, and chopping it up with the team. Um it's just like I said. I think it's it, again for me. It's not so much maybe lack of effort, but it's lack of ideas and cohesion at this yeah. moment. Um, and I don't know if this is one of those games um, that this team can to take a look at and try to build off of because it's like you're maybe what are the question marks? What are what are the things that you are? Mm-hmm. What are the good things that you did in this game that you do want to build off of? And I think they're going to go through some tape this week, and maybe it's going to be a little tough to maybe yeah. find some of those things. I think they need a. a, a- 
bit more solid of a game plan, Kansas City. They can't just rely on the creativity of Dabinia because um, she wasn't that creative in this game against Houston. She didn't have that much space or time on the ball. It took her a while to get into the game. There's a lot of question marks there. A lot of question marks, but a big win for Houston on the road, picking up yep. these three points, goals from Ordonez and Prysock, and, and big for Ordonez. Really yeah, big, big for the dash, big mm-hmm. points for them. Another team probably happy to get some points and a win in general. The Chicago Red Stars picking up their first win in over a month. Wow. Doing it against Orlando Pride, a 1-0 win, where they also snapped the Pride's unbeaten streak as well. What a game, Lisa. Could you could, could you believe it? Could you believe it? No, honestly, I'm so happy for Chicago. <laughs> Frankly, like I am so happy when we did our preview, we literally were like, okay, so Chicago's going to lose. Now yeah, let's talk about Orlando. Up. Like, let's talk about something else. And they didn't, they pick up this point. I mean, in, in scene, the way that, um, Chicago set up their formation with a three, four, three, it looked really centrally like focused and and like they weren't going to try to use the width of the field as much, which when you look at Orlando and Seb Hines, they have some players in those wide areas that can dominate a little bit. So I was a little bit surprised to see that. I mean, it wasn't the best game from Chicago. It was, they're very lucky that they are walking away with three points and a win and to shut out at this point. Um, Alyssa Nair, one of the players that, Heading into this game, she only needed a handful of saves to become the the all-time saves leader in the NWSL. And she very quickly surpassed that and then decided to just level up. Alyssa Nair is saved the entire game for Chicago. She played lights out. And we haven't seen that from Alyssa Nair in a while. I've talked to you about how as if she's our number one goalkeeper for the United States heading into the World Cup, I was a little worried. She didn't look to be playing her best soccer. That all goes goes away after this match against Orlando. I mean, it, incredible job by Alyssa Nair. The, Orlando should have won this game, I'm going to be <laughs> frank. Look, uh, I think Chicago looked a little bit more comfortable having four in the back. In this mm-hmm. game, I think that's what it came down to. I think they looked real good having four in the back and having Casey Kruger even wider at mm-hmm. this point. It was um, at, the, at this point in the season, it was a real get out there and try some stuff energy. And I think the shift in, in center back pairing and Malazzo and, and Davidson had some promising things, but also had huh? some shaky moments as well. I think, again, one of those things where you're trying some stuff and maybe there's going to be those kind of nervy moments, right? But um, yeah, Alyssa think- Nair just sort of feel, feeding off of the game, really, right. I think, in, in, in front of her. But um, Kruger, essential to this game winner, builds up in the attack for Chicago, sends this beautiful rainbow of a cross into the box, mm-hmm. and it connects with uh, Yuki on the far post. And it just... Uh, <laughs> it happened in the 22nd minute and it's almost like, like, that's why I asked you if you could, if you could believe it, Lisa, because not only did they get the game winner, they scored early, early ish in the first half and uh, then had to kind of play with the lead. It's something that they haven't had the opportunity to do in quite some time. I know, frankly, I I was a little bit shocked because as this game unfolded, um, 
yeah, I agree. Chicago looked much better with four in the back and how they were playing. Um, but they were still giving the ball away in the midfield. The, the midfield is still a location on the field where Chicago struggled. They pushed Yuki Nagasato higher up the field to create more offensive pressure. Um, and it worked. That's who got the goal off the Casey Kruger ball into the box, but it left massive holes in the midfield without Yuki Nagasato there. And then you look at the stats a little bit. Chicago had two shots, <laughs> two shots in the first half, Can two, you on believe it? two shots, <laughs> two on target. One of them finds the back of the net. Chicago had zero shots in the second half, not just on target shots in general, zero in the second half. Orlando pride on the other hand, 19 shots, six of them on frame. Um, it, it was insane. Orlando's expected goals were nearly two at the end of this game. They, they should have had at least one. Um, and Alyssa Nair thanking her posts, thanking her crossbar, thanking her defenders in front of her, and yeah. just giving herself a pat on the back because she had a lights-out game. Uh, the fact that Chicago did not get a single shot off in the second half and they still <laughs> so won this wild. game. I it's keep the saying the most it, Chicago right? thing that we've ever seen. I, I keep saying, I'm like, I keep saying it. Can you believe it? And you look at the numbers and you're like, no, I can't. No. Two, Against all odds. Yeah, 19 shots for Orlando compared to the two. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely tough. Look, for Orlando, um, they went in with all the momentum, right? In, into this week. Uh, we both had them pick in this game. They've been playing some good soccer. One of these teams that we are referring to and we're saying that there are teams out there that are kind of figuring some things out and putting it together. And it's really about maybe putting it together at the right time. So maybe, maybe this is one of those setbacks, unlike we're talking about Kansas city and Houston dash. Maybe this is one of those games for Orlando where they're going to go back and look at some things. And they're like, actually there's a lot of good things here that there we can. Were. Build off of. There were, I think Chicago, I think Orlando is just frustrated that they couldn't find the back of the net. And that's the, that's the beauty of the game, right? That you can have all these chances and as a defensive side, you get lucky and you rely a lot on your goalkeeper and that's what Chicago did. And Orlando is probably going to be kicking themselves because they didn't get to capitalize on some of those awesome opportunities that they had to find the back of the net. Um, but I mean, big for Chicago. It's like, it's hilarious. This is so NWSL that this happened. Look, listen, you like it. I love it at, the rate that this season has been going, I'll take it. We've got some more games to recap, so stick with us. Two more left, and we'll be back after a quick break. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. 
All right, we're back, and we've got a couple more games to chat about before we run through the official league standings. Let's talk about a big winner. We're talking about teams making a comeback a little bit in week nine, making a statement perhaps. All Rain, I think, is one of those teams, a 4-1 victory against Angel City. Lisa, should we... like refresh folks on our picks in this one sure because i got this wrong i was <laughs> angel city you went ol rain um yeah i mean a statement game from oh. laura harvey's side and ol rain it was a complete statement game they go down one nothing angel city uh gets on the board first ol rain concedes and you think is this going to be it for ol rain are they going to lose three straight are they going to suffer um and no, their response is dominant, powerful, and it is, uh, it's a statement. This was a statement game from O.L. Rain, Laura Harvey, and all of the players. And Angel City missing some players on their availability report, a little bit of COVID protocol happening with M.A. Vignola, Paige Nielsen, and that's defenders in their back line. Allie Riley mm-hmm. doesn't get the start. We see June Endo starting on the left back position yeah. for Angel City. Um, we also got to see Alyssa Thompson get the start, which was something I talked about in the preview. I, I wanted to see Thompson get the start, get yeah. minutes. Um, she's so fast. <laughs> she's so <laughs> fun to watch, and she's just so fast. I love watching her play. Yeah, you, you hate to you hate to see um, an availability report so clearly kind of impact kind of the tactics that you have to to roll with during a match and and I think we're looking at that I'm I'm grateful that you and I have got we've got to see Junendo play lower on the pitch before in person when we went out to an Angel City game last season and while she's a phenomenal player and very very versatile capable she's much better higher up the pitch with this oh yeah so much more effective up the pitch she's a fine defender she's great that's why Freya Coombe could slot her in there but you lose so much on the attacking side of Endo and and her impact in the game when she's not as high up the field yeah, and you just sort of, I think maybe in the game like this where I think maybe that's where some of the, the disappointment comes for for Angel City. I, you have the, the lead in this game. You get on that scoreboard first. You have an opportunity in front of you to uh, play ahead of the game. You have the opportunity to essentially set that tempo in the match and doing all that on the road. But... They get this goal in the 27th minute, and that lead does not last longer than, what, like five minutes or so? Because you get Elise Bennett racking up her first goal as a member of OL Reign in the 34th minute. And it's the first of what would be three assists from Megan Rapino in this game. You want to talk about saying not today? Yeah. Absolutely, from Megan Rapino. I mean, Megan Rapino is all over the pitch in this game. Um, She really... She smashed it. She smashed it. Listen, I think at this point, too, as we're entering June, we're about closing out the end of May and entering in June. There's a certain eye on a certain on certain calibers of players yeah. in, in these games. And it's it's not just your U.S. women's national team players, although that's what I'm alluding to here with someone in, 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 in Megan Rapino. We're talking about players who are likely going to be gone for the World Cup. This year, and Oral Reign has, has a couple of those players. There's a number they, of them. 
contributed massively to this game. Yeah, I think that they definitely contributed. I mean, we're talking about Megan Rapinoe. This was her first of three assists, but I'm also looking at the other side of it. When you're a player on OL Reign that knows a giant chunk of your team is going to be missing for a month, you want to be the next player that steps up and, and can make that impact. And I think Elise Bennett took that horse by the reins and and kind of made that her priority, especially in this game, getting the opening goal to make it 1-1 at half. I uh, Again, looking at the timing of all of these things, we're talking about these first two goals, how the rain are able to level things going into halftime. And those first 10 minutes of a second half can turn out to be pretty crucial. And... Veronica Latsko making sure that Oho Rain capitalize on all of this momentum and energy that Megan Rapinoe is bringing in this game because Megan Rapinoe notches her second mm-hmm. in this goal from Veronica Latsko. Now you've got that go-ahead goal and you're thinking, okay, this is good for the Rain. They've got control of this game. Right. They got it back early in the second half as well, after they got it back just to close out that first half. And you have to imagine getting that go-ahead goal. You're like, they're going to keep it. It's going to be fine. But I don't know if we would have anticipated this to end 4-1. No, no. I mean, I think I'm really happy for Veronica Latsko because she had a number of shots and opportunities throughout this first half and throughout the game. And they weren't falling correctly for her, whether it was being saved by Didi Hadachich or just going wide or kind of what happened with it. But in the 52nd minute, as you mentioned, she gets the go-ahead goal, um, top of the 18. It's a banger of a goal. It's it's an incredibly beaut of a goal. And then just three minutes later, she bags a brace. Uh, Veronica <laughs> Latsko, again from Megan Rapino. The sequence of events and the sequence of goals building up to this and passes. Um, it, it service from the left side. Rapino knocks it down. It's a big switch of the field. Um, it's wonderful. You know what else I love in, in games? I love goals from substitutes. I love double substitute goals because we get Nikki Stanton and Quinn into this game, and the both of them link up for O.L. Reigns' fourth goal of this match. It was just like, let it rain, for real. And look, I think part of O.L. Reigns' narrative or storylines last year was the fact that they could have long stretches of play of really good soccer and struggle to find the back of the net. And the truth is there have been some weeks over the last nine weeks where that has still haunted them a little bit. It's something that has still followed them. So I think when they have these moments where they finally get the breakthrough on a goal, you're like, yes, this is the old rain that people want to see week to week. Now this is another game that they can point at and say, we are capable of big scoreline games because they've got a couple already in this first half of the season. They had that big five-goal blowout against Chicago. Now yeah. they have this one against Angel City. You, I think you want to, to have this level of play. You want to have this kind of confidence as you're heading towards that midway point, as you're heading towards the World Cup where you're probably going to lose more players yeah. um, you know, to, and, to international duty. It's it's a good one. And for O.L. Reign, the fact that they can find the back of the net with Latsko getting the brace in this game, it ends up being her third goal on the year. And then she becomes the fourth O.L. Reign player with three goals on the year. Balser, Fishlock, Haitama, and Latsko now. So that's incredible to see that 
This team not only can find the back of the net and run up a score line yeah. in a 4-1 win, but it's balanced scoring. It's not like they've got one player running away with all the goals. And, you know, when we were talking about this on the preview, this kind of this kind of skid, this this slump, maybe this that the, that the rain had hit going going into this match uh, against Angel City. We we talked a little bit about their availability report and how that might have affected that. And obviously, the big name on there, Rose Lavelle, and how people are like, "Oh my goodness!" And it's like she's not available. And what does this mean for international play? What is this? Obviously, what does it mean mm-hmm. for club play? It's very clearly that you know they they miss her. But you know, you and I were both eager to see the return of of Quinn. We both yeah. agree that they're a play that they're a player that they're someone who. Uh, provides a certain layer of toughness to this team. Um, and so it was really? good to see, it was good to see them back on onto the pitching and get subbed in and get a 15 ish minutes. Again, a player who's essential, probably not just for club, but possibly for Canada yeah. as well. As and, they and they've, been injured. they've been injured. So yeah. Quinn needs to build up their time yeah. and their fitness back on the pitch. Um, and that's what we saw Laura Harvey throwing Quinn in around the 76th minute mm-hmm. um, in place of Emily Sonnet in that six, role and then less than 10 minutes later for me, for me this game is like I think we started at the top of this episode talking about um Portland and referring them to kind of their deep bench but I would consider all rain probably that the the other team right mm-hmm. next to Portland is is probably one of the teams that has the deepest roster in the league and I think when but, you but have you don't always get to see it because of all of the, <laughs> the availability reports so as we start to see these players kind of work their way back into form that's when you're like yes okay when you have these players at your disposal when they're um, starting to, to work their way back into form you could sort of see how they could kind of uh, overshadow or dominate mm-hmm. another team where like with Angel City we're talking about they have players that are um, still working their way back I know folks are you know curious about Julie Ertz and her availability how right. how good is she to go right now we haven't seen her play in the last few games with with Angel City you know is this is this uh, a minute restriction is it planned is it a more about getting games closer to a World Cup versus right now at this moment we'll see but what we do know mm-hmm. is that it led to a win for OL Reign with their players who were available with such good play on the pitch. Megan Rapino looking good before this World Cup. It's a it's a good game to point to and say, I can do this, this, and this. We've got one more game to recap, though. We cannot end the show before talking about racing Louisville mm-hmm. against North Carolina Courage. The Courage taking the win in this one. Lisa, what were our picks? Um, you had a draw. I had racing Louisville taking the win. So both, both of us are losers. We both love to end the show with an L. Uh, look, we talked a little bit on the preview about, um, racing Louisville and their momentum and also North Carolina as well. Yeah. Um, they continue their, their unbeaten streak. But part of my concern was, um, you know, you have a player in Savannah DeMello in which she's had such great standout play for racing over the last several weeks. And for me, I'm like, the footage is out there. All the highlights are out there. You can look at this player and formulate a game plan yep. around that. And I think that's what we saw in this game. It's a 2-1 victory for North Carolina Courage. They take all three points. Caroline with outstanding attacking massive. play in this game and a goal to boot. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Massive for, for North Carolina. They had really good ball movement. Um, I, I agree. I think Savannah DeMello for Racing Louisville is still a big catalyst for them in the middle of the field. You asked me in our preview, 
can she keep it up? Can she do it? And I think she can. I think she did throughout this game. She was the transition for them. She was the outlet pass. She was the switch pass. She provided those opportunities um, to help support Racing Louisville, to, to bring them out of trouble that they were in. But it just wasn't enough um, for uh, against this North Carolina side. But um, it, it doesn't happen until the second half. Early in the second half, 53rd minute, North Carolina gets on the board first. Ryan Williams, we see for North Carolina. She played as a center back last week. She's now back outside on the flanks. That's where she's got to play. Ryan Williams is just too good at services into the box to be too much of a central player. And that's who um, sends this ball in from right outside back. She sends it in and Matson finds the goal. Uh, she had good opportunities in the first half and this one, finds Madsen's head and it's her first NWSL goal, the backflip celebration to conclude all of it as well. And after that, the game became a bit more transitional and a bit more fast paced, but within 10 minutes, North Carolina gets another one. Caroline inside the box strikes it upper 90 past Lund. Like Caroline, this goal was stunning. This was what made her an MVP in last year's challenge cup for North Carolina. Um, and in the final Final waning minutes of this game, Racing Louisville gets one back. So they still had a little bit of fight, a little yeah. bit of bite in them. Um, they, they applied a lot of pressure towards the end of this game, trying to create something, trying to get back into it. And in the 88th minute, Jordan Baggett flicks it into the goal in the waning minutes just to try to get one back. Yeah, love the love the service in from, from Laura Millay. I think um, uh, a player that... Um, has gone a little bit unnoticed, I think, for racing in, in in their in their you know kind of streak that they headed into before it got snapped here. Um, but a player who's been with racing since since you know they entered the league and a lot of good play uh, out on the flank. So I, I thought it was very telling or felt very appropriate that she helped deliver that kind of chaotic ball into the box. But the win for the Courage keeps them in the upper half of the table. Let's run these numbers for you because it is the end of the month. Let's see where everyone is at after the month of May. Number one is still Gotham FC. They keep number one with 17 points. Portland Thorns back at number two with 16 points. Old Rain also with 16 points, but at num uh, sitting at number three. San Diego Wave FC with 16 points at number four, and also with 16 points. Washington Spirit at number five. North Carolina Courage with 14 points at number six to round out the upper half of the table. Outside looking in at number seven, 12 points. Houston Dash Racing Louisville at number eight. Orlando Pride number nine angel city in 10th chicago red stars jump up to 11th place and in, in kansas city current sitting at the bottom at number 12 what a yeah. month it's been real that fourth straight uh loss for kansas city pushes them to the bottom and just one win for chicago in the last five games six games as Ooh. we said jumps them up one place but Crazy to think that Gotham stays at the top. There was throughout the weekend as the games were happening and you watch the standings live, they're jumping around. Gotham dropped. They jump back up. Portland was at the top for a little. A lot of different moments happening, but Gotham stays on the top. The month of May, you were wonderful. Uh, we'll have to revisit the standings again at the end of June to see if Gotham can hang on to first place on the standings. It's tight up in that table as we <laughs> take a pause and head into week 
10. That's all we've got for you today on Attacking Third. Thanks, everybody, for taking time out of your holiday weekend and uh, hanging out with us. We want to congratulate Chelsea on their fourth straight WSL title before we head on out. Fourth consecutive massive champion title. They win the league. Sam Kerr getting the opening goal and getting the final goal just felt right. For it, the Blues, huge. This was a really fun game to watch for them. Um, as as it went on against Reading, that you could tell <laughs> Chelsea knew, okay, we're gonna win this one. But it came down to a little bit of excitement at the end of the Super League weekend, the final match. Oh, yeah. Chelsea entered at the top, but depending on their results and how it happened, uh, Man United could have also yeah. picked up the title, but. Yeah, we got to shout them out too. We're saying congratulations sure. to Chelsea. We'll say congratulations to Manchester United as well. They they kept that in play into the final mm-hmm. match week. You know they they had that uh, they had that result. You know and and, and Lucia Garcia going and back to back goals. You know against in those final two weeks there they they kept themselves in contention and they've got a spot in the Champions League. So it's a it's a successful season despite not winning the league. Uh, but those honors belong once more. To the Blues, go Chelsea. And uh, what's next? Well, what's next for, for many Europeans is the World Cup. And uh, we'll have more action and content around the World Cup as well. But Lisa, I just want to thank you for hanging out with me today. And uh, we'll hang out with each other very soon. No, uh, Tuesday. We'll hang out Tuesday. Everyone stay tuned for Tuesday all the content morning. that we got coming in for you on Tuesday. Everyone go enjoy the rest of that leftover barbecue. We appreciate you all so much. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us on YouTube. Subscribe at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And we'll be back on Tuesday. For Sandra Rita and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.